and welcome to the Middlesex Anti Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. As ever, um, I'm here with Simon Ali from North London. All things County League related. Sal, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, just home now. A bit of a um, mixed day yesterday in terms of weather. There's some good weather to start off in the morning. It got very cold later on, but I made it through the day. I had layers on to keep me warm. Good, man. And where were you standing again? So I stood in the twos game at North London against um, Hornsey, which is a winning draw for North London. Okay, probably quite a late finish then, I thought. Uh, we had an interruption around 25 minutes, so we finished by about half seven, I think, in the end. Maybe just gone half seven. Wasn't too bad. No, that's not too bad. And alongside me and Sal, very pleased to uh, welcome Shop and Juma from Wembley. Um, Shops, how's things? You good? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dan. Hi, Sal. Um, delighted to be here. And, you know, thanks, thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Um, yeah, just just recovering from a, a tough day yesterday. Long old game against um, Bronsbury. Um, you know, talking, Sal talking about you finished at 7.30. We finished at 8.30 yesterday. Um, wow. Odd day of weather, but, you know, really tough game. But, um, you know, yeah, Bronsbury, good team. All the way, overs and, and a bit of a weather break as well. And you still o- got to the end. Yeah, 100 overs and, um, you know, a weather break with no overs lost. Um, quite a few runs scored in the day, wet ball and stuff. So, Naturally, over rates weren't as quick. Um, so, yeah, hence the 8.30 finish. So, yeah, pretty gleamy pretty, by the end. Pretty impressive. I can imagine, yeah. And and I, I don't mean this in any way to be disrespectful to Wembley, but I can imagine it, it would have been a bit of a tough one if you're fielding in certain positions with all the big trees behind the bowler's arm and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I mean funny you should mention that. I was, I was fielding at mid-off. A um, couple of the guys hit the ball quite hard, um, picking it up quite late. Um, and I've got, I think I've got a few... Few red cherries over my body this morning that um, show that sort of impact. <laughs> but yeah, all, all, all coconuts like sometimes when you're mid off, isn't it? You know, you don't know where the ball's coming from, really. Even though you should, but it's just like my goodness, you know, God, half a millisecond to pick this thing up. Yeah, it's not ideal when you're picking it up late, and you know, you've got a bit of, bit of skid off the, you know, when there's a bit of rain on the surface and stuff. You know, the odd bump here and there, and um, guys giving it a good old whack. Um, yeah. You think mid-off is an easy position, but yeah, it, it can be quite perilous. <laughs> That's a fair point. I used to captain from mid-off, and um, I often wondered why. I mean, I, I know for me why, because I could stand next to the bowler, um, but blinking heck, sometimes the ball went half coming at you there, that, and I had to, had to suddenly think about first slip being perhaps a better option than, than, than mid-off. Cool. We'll get back to Wembley and the season that you're having and yesterday's game against Braun in a sec. But we traditionally start with the Prem and I am nothing if not a traditionalist. So we'll, we'll do that now. Sal, what do we need to know about yesterday in the Prem? So Tenton are now back in, um, in, in top position, having a win and draw against Sealing yesterday. Uh, interesting game, actually. Um, that took place. Uh, Tenton batting first, um, posted 2-7-1-7 with um, 50 for Riven Betty, who's um, a useful addition from last year. Scored 75 and not out. And another newcomer to the side, a um, guy called Joe Ludlow, who's been playing mainly two. It just shows how strong Tenant and are in terms of like their, their first-team squad. He's a player that's had minor counties experience in the past. As I said, mainly playing two's cricket, um, coming to the side and made 55. So it um, helped him get to, to a score, which was obviously a competitive one in terms of 2-7-1 for 7. Um, Ealing were struggling at one point when they lost early wickets and... It was looking quite tough for them in terms of um, maybe getting the win, the, the target to win the game. Um, but, you know, they've got a guy like Ollie Wilkin. We all know him very well. And on his days, he's probably one of the best batsmen in the league. Um, and when he gets going, he's very hard to stop. He managed to um, 
hits a, a score of 68 not out and was good support from Jacob Sullivan, O'Sullivan, who's overseas this year. Um, and the game was really interesting in poise um, at 160 for four, um, with the pair having to put on quite a big partnership, almost approaching 100. But um, there was very interruptions, and then I think in the end, bad light curtailed the play for the, for the rest of the day. So, as I said, Tennyson came away with the, with the five points. But it, it's a shame the weather intervened, which I'm sure was the case in many grounds yesterday, because I think that could be quite a good finish. Oli stays in for another 10, 15 overs. It, it, you know, it could go either way, that game. But, as I said, um, bad light by looks of it stopped play. So, that ended that. But, yes, yeah, so Tennyson back onto top spot, virtue of that result yesterday. So who's going to be the happiest side there? I mean, Teddington won more points, so you think they would be. But uh, do you reckon Ealing fans see that it might be a missed opportunity as well, or is that being a bit optimistic? Oh, I think so, because I mean, I caught some footage yesterday, this evening of the game, and they looked to be in the ascendancy in terms of um, the partnership was going well. The, you know, Ollie was you know in, in normal Ollie mode, hitting the ball parts of the ground, looking quite comfortable, wasn't any sort of demons in the pitch by the looks of it. So um, you know, if, if the game continues, like you know, wet ball, slippery surface. Makes it hard to field. I mean, Ealing probably be thinking, you know, these two stayed in. And then some batting to come as well. There was, you know, the guys still, you know, when it came in, he could still bat as well. So, you know, four down, you know, needed another 110. I'm just not sure how many overs were lost in, in total. But, yeah, I, you know, I think both sides would have said that at that point they, they would have fancied a chance of winning the game. So, yeah, it's a shame that happens. But, you know, as I said, can't have everything our way in terms of weather this year. So, you know, we've been quite fortunate in what's happened. So, one out of seven is not too bad, is it really? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was looking at the scores. I, I think that Ely might be a little bit annoyed they didn't get the winning draw. If by the sound of it, the, the, the rain or the bad light came at, at, a, at a time when they were probably going to go through the gears, right? So to not get the winning draw is probably a bit galling. But I think it would have been a good chase. I mean, I, I do think Teddington are a really strong all-round unit. And, um, you know, getting, getting right up there might have been a bridge too far. But I guess we'll never know. Um, so Teddington, uh, they're still out in front. And second place, North Mid, right? Yeah, North had a very good win yesterday. I mean, we've, we've highlighted on the pod how they scored so prolifically and heavily, you know, most weeks, apart from last week, where they had a bit of a blip in, in, their, in, their, in their eyes, I imagine. But yeah, back, in, back into formative runs, um, 296 for nine. Um, it does help when you've got Middlesex Pro playing for you. So Max Harris rocked up yesterday and he, they call him Bomber. I'm sure it's, you know, for the reason because he hits the ball miles and balls pretty quick. So he's smacked to quick 50 and Matt Moran, who's... Um, one of the overseas players of the season, so actually probably one of the players of the season so far, and Shadow the runs he's got this season. Um, Kinton yesterday with um, 89. So it looks like, you know, North Mid are just on that on the tail of Teddington, breathing heavily over their shoulders, sort of saying, you know, we're here, we're going to challenge. Uh, Richmond, your opponents were 180 all out. So, um, as I said, North Mid back, back on the winning trail and we'll be looking to hopefully continue the game next week against Crouch in which we may be discussed later on. But yeah, the North Mid back back to winning ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they 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 had a a really bad defeat, didn't they, against Shepherd's Bush. Um but then they bounced back impressively. And I I do think, you know, looking at them on paper, they they've got all sorts of options moving forward. Um and I I think the same sort of applies to Shepherd's Bush to be honest. They're fourth, right? And they're only eleven points off feeling uh, off Teddington, who are top. So I think the Bush will quietly be thinking, hold on, if, if we can keep our run going, then we've got a chance here, right? Because, of course, they were very impressive yesterday. I mean, Bush have won both time games so far. So is this where their strengths lie in this format, where, where they're sort of coming to their own, really? Um, you know, we've mentioned that this, this, the bowling attack they had, but yesterday the batsmen were really on fire. Um, 299 they posted, and, you know, four guys made 50s, Joe Carrasco, George Collins, um, the overseas James Billington, Captain Andrew Wilson, 
was called 50s and a, a guy who's got, who got runs last week in there too. Um, Ollie James came in and hit a quick 40 as well. So, you know, they've got depth in their squad as well, like Tennenton have. And then the team attack we speak about in um, Ramon Bailey, um, Chinmain Wolopadi. You look right, he's really pushing it through. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Idris Otomian, who's, you know, he's, you know, he's not the quickest of the bowlers, but he does seem to bowl in the right kind of areas, like a nagging kind of line and length. So, you know, those three men, they've got an Osprey known who's in fantastic form at the moment out of Easton. Um, he also chipped in the three because yesterday, so it looked like pretty hard work for you guys on the green against a, you know, a rampant bush side. Yeah, I'm not even sure we came second, to be honest. We might have come third. Um, that, that they were considerably better than we were. And I, I, we're not playing particularly wonderful cricket at the moment. I don't think there's any, any, any beating around the bush with that one. But they, they look really good, Sal. I mean, I, I, I didn't see any of the game in the flesh, but I did see quite a bit of it online. And um, I was impressed across the board. They took the strain. They, they dealt with the, the Twickenham spin attack pretty well. You know, 40 overs worth of pretty decent spin. And um, and their bowling attack is is pretty fruity. I, I would have thought the bush would be thinking we, we've got potential to do really really well this season. Do you know when they play Teddington South? Sorry, I've just sprung that on you. You're probably going to say no, but it no, could but be I, very interesting if, if that's it, one of the I mean, later yeah, games. Right, yeah, I'll come back to you on that one. But yeah, um, as you said, impressive so far. The, the, the thing that I think for me their struggle is consistency. But if they mm. can get you know, and you need this in this, you know, to win the league, you have, you have to be consistent. You can't just win. One in every two or three games, you need to get on a run and get going, don't you? If they can do that, which they've shown so far in the time form that they're capable of doing, if they can continue doing that, then you know they, they could be worthy challenges for for the league title this season. Just just going back to Twickenham, yeah. is it my imagination or did um, did Monty open the batting yesterday? It is not your imagination, shops. It is not your imagination. Monty has always been quite confident that he could open the batting. Um, uh, he, he was never never lacking, and to be fair to him, you know, he has gone and batted in reasonably testing yeah. circumstances in his cricketing career. <laughs> and Chetwood's Bush on the green, they might be good, the Bush, but they're not, you know, they're not Australia. So, uh, so he, he was quite keen to do it. Um, and Scott Newman was away, so um, so so one of the batting options at the top of the order wasn't there. And th- there was another sort of m- more obvious cricketing rationale. In a pace is not an issue for Monty. He might, he might not be able to score many runs, but he, you know he can play a cricket ball coming down at eighty mile an hour because he, he's done that for the best part of twenty years. And of course, the Bush have got quite a good, you know, uh, set of speedsters. So the logic was he'd go in and and and, and play pretty freely there. And he, he did all right. Actually, he got fifteen sixteen and managed to to, to to chip one up to mid off. But you know the, the the pace of the bowling was was of no issue whatsoever. So I, I could absolutely see the logic. Um, even if it didn't um, didn't ultimately pay off. I mean, the thing is now, knowing Monty a little bit, he'll want to go next week as well. No, not sure that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna work. But next week's a big game. I don't know if you picked it up, Sal. We got Richmond next week, yeah, so sure that. Um, yeah, that that could be a game where, um, well, you know, if, if one side can can win, it's going to put some clear blue water between eighth and ninth. So um, yeah, keep an eye on that one, I guess. Yeah, I saw that, and then you got Crouch in the final week. So, I mean, there's no easy games in this division by the looks of it. So, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be hoping to finish off the sort of round of games with at least one out of two wins, I imagine, if you want um, to yep. sort of get away from that sort of relegation kind of zone. Well, sooner or later, you've got to put some points on the board, haven't you? You can yeah. talk and talk and talk, but if you, if you keep losing, and to be fair, we had a winning draw against Hampstead last week, but, um, you know, got to, got to find a way to get a big fat W from from somewhere. Um, another side who might be a little um, a little frustrated at this week's um, results was Hampstead, I guess, because they're 12 points away from the relegation trapdoor and they, they couldn't beat Hornsey. Hornsey clung on at the end, right? Yeah, credit to Hornsey. You know, they, they've, they've lost quite a few games this season, so for them to, to not lose in 
show some guts and some fight in, in, in holding out, which is, you know, I'm sure something to sort of build upon. Um, Hampstead posted quite a big score, and, and, and we, we discussed it off air. I'm sure Ben Fraser's thinking, when do I sort of declare? Have, have I got enough? Um, 290 plus, you know, 290 plus um, is what they got, and of just under 60 overs, so maybe it's sort of a fair split in terms of overs in what ones you got back. Um, Stephen Giffen overseas scored uh, 61 and was out hit wicket actually, so that was an interesting dismissal. Mm. Um, Kieran Johnson opened the batting, scored 53, and then two sort of season players in the side Ben, the captain, 49, and Rasha Hassan, 46, not out. So, you know, 290, I mean, against most sides in the Prem will be a challenging total, putting the chase down for a side that's not won a game all season. Um, bottom of the table, you know. Again, we don't know what Ben was thinking at the time, but he's obviously thought they need to go to four sixty almost. So you know he's done so. But Hornsby reduced forty five for four, but then they had a good partnership between Ben Wayne and Tom White, who both who were both at fifties. But then they sort of slumped to one three six for five, um, at which point Hampton took control. But um, Hornsby, as I said, clung on one sixty for nine. Um, mm. And again, it always looked like there was always lost in that game potentially in terms of what they received back. So. Um, just check that, yeah. So, it's, actually, no. Sorry, they're back to four sixty. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. So, I mean, well done to Hornsby sixty overs, and they've you know managed to hold on and get itself a point. Yeah, declarations, funny old things, aren't they? And often, when when you analyse a declaration five hours later, it can look really different to what it did at the time. And I think all all three of us would have been in situations where a declaration could look a bit daft because of the way the team has batted, and you're never you're never really sure how that's going to pan out. So I got a degree of sympathy, but yeah, sometimes you have to speculate to accumulate, right? And to, to risk something to win what would have been twelve points, which would have been really useful in in Hampstead's sort of fight to get into the mid table. Um, Shop should have played against Hornsey last year. Um, what, what, what do you make of them, and what, what, what do you what, what do you think they would realistically have been expecting out of their yeah, look, back I mean, in the prem? I think we only played them once last year. One of the games got rained off. Um, and they, they were a good side, um, but I do think you know the, the they, they, yeah they had a good seam attack. You know, the, traditionally, you know, you say they've got a good seam attack. Um, didn't think their batting was that strong. Um, for a side that was going to be getting up to the Prem anyway. And I think that the jump up from Div 1 to the Prem is pretty big, right? You know, you, you generally get eight, one of the sides that goes up, comes straight back down. Um, so, yeah, I, I would have thought, over, you know, over the winter they'd need to, you know, consolidate and, and strengthen their strengthen their squad. Um, I always thought the two that went up, Stanwell and Hornsey, Stanwell were going to be the stronger. Um, it just, just feels like they've got a bit more depth at their club in terms of, you know, their first 11 and second 11 in the squads there. But... Um, yeah, it feels like, you know, Hornsey are going to have a sort of tough old season um, trying to scrape together points. Well, you weren't wrong about Stanmore either. They, they are having a good season. Um, third in the table. Um, I think I'm right in saying they got the better of a... Did they get the better of a lose, a, a drawn game with um, uh, with Crouchen yesterday? Yeah, yeah, they, they got win and draw. Yeah, I mean, good win and draw for them. It was uh, um, another game affected by the rain. I mean, a player who has been in an amazing form of the season... And actually, I don't know if you catch it sometimes, Ealing do, Ealing do their own podcast. And one of their guys, um, Mongo Russell, sort of, um, sort of like said that he felt Stephen Rheingold would be one of the bats of the season. And he's proved so far. He's got another 100 yesterday. Right. So, yes, I think in seven games this year, he scored five innings or 50 or more. So that's not bad, is it? A bad return. Um, so yesterday, 126 he scored. Um, trying to chase down the crouch in two for eight for eight, um, in which Jack Cleaver, who normally bats down the order, so a bit of an inspired move from the captain to move him up. He scored 86. Um, Tushkara took four wickets. 
Um, then Stanmore, 209 for six in the end. Uh, four wickets for Crouch and Captain Heron Desai. But yeah, Ryan Gold was a, was a highlight of the day. 126. Um, as I said, having a, a brilliant season this year. And I'm sure he's going to continue scoring a shed load of runs for Stanmore. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be pretty pretty happy with, with third. And I see they play Teddington next week. So so that could be another game to keep an eye on. First v third. And if, if Stanmore can continue that good run of form, then they can put Teddington under a bit of pressure. A um, bit, bit of pressure as well. Um, moving on to Division 1. OK, uh, lots I want to talk yeah. about here, um, Shops. First and foremost, though, um, remind me, how long have you been at Wembley now? Because you started out your cricketing journey at Kenton, didn't you? Um, not not even, actually. I Actually, you know, my first um, league cricket was at Ealing. Um, ah, OK. Yeah, right. We're going back 20 years. Uh, first sort of first team men's games that I played were at Ealing. Um and then I was at Kenton from oof, about 2005 till last year. So, yeah, it was a long stint. So, yeah, I've only been at Wembley just over a year now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, relative new. And it's, it looks, as an outsider looking in, as if it's it's going reasonably well, both for you and, and for Wembley. I remember one game last year where I think I was watching... Well, I, I don't think I was actually watching the game. I don't think it was a live feed. But I seriously thought you were going to score 200. Um, <laughs> now... Remind me, who was that against? And you you ended up with like a mere 160 or something, didn't you? Yeah, I mean it was the last last game of the season against Winchmore Hill. Um, right. Yeah, it was it was a good deck. <laughs> <It was, yeah. laughs> well, I played on plenty of good decks, but I've never scored 160 in a league game. So um, so that that sounds fantastic. But that's that's a great way to end the season. What did you end up with? Yeah, 158. 158. Good stuff. And yesterday went pretty well. You played Bronsbury, right? Top of the table. That they've been flying. And I guess in the end, a losing draw for, for Wembley feels a little bit disappointing. But you got a few runs, right? And um, what, what, what was your take on the day? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, pleased with it from a, from a personal perspective. You know, I get disappointed to get not get pushed on and get a ton. Um, but, you know, at the start of the day, if someone says you're going to get 75, you're playing against, you know, the runaway leaders in the division, you take it, you know, over, you know, getting a single, you know, single figure score. Um, well, I, know, I think, you know, winning the toss and batting first um that that was a, that was a big thing for us because you know traditionally over the last year or so in this season when when we've batted first we've we've generally done better um it, it seems to play to our strengths um you know we 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 knew that Bronsbury are going to come hard because they they are you know rightly so they've been you know touted as a team that are going to you know top this division and you know strength throughout their team um they they did set up quite defensively um, you know, from the start, we we've heard you know a lot about their seam attack and that you know their strength in the you know, seam bowling department. Um, they had a spinner on from about the fifth over, um, with about four or five guys out on the rope. So I'm not I'm not sure if that was just a reflection on the way um, myself and Moz were, were batting, but um, it, it it did feel like a quite defensive setup for a team that have you know been been going through you know the rest of the sides they've played over the last four or five weeks. Um, but yeah, I think you know. And you probably asked the question why we batted as long as we did. Um, again, you know, we we felt that Bronsbury, as you know, as, as a sort of runaway leaders, a top team in the division, we needed to set them a total that they'd chase. They'd chase, and I think up until those last five overs, we 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 weren't really we you know we thought the total was within realms of of chaseable. And, you know, just for context, those lot, you know, between fifty and fifty-five, we we put on about sixty runs, so it it you know 
even in, even with hindsight, I think you know fifty five overs was the right right way to go. I think that's fair enough. I think there's a time when you're playing a good side, and right, if you want to win the game, you've got to score a lot of runs, yeah, folks. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I saw the scores. I thought, well, that, that doesn't look. Good. There's a few that I did see this weekend where I thought, why have you bagged that long? And I get onto a couple of those later, but that one wasn't instinctively such a case. I get it when you're playing team at the top of the table. Yeah, look, and I, I think also with with our you know with our spin heavy attack, um, you know, I think it was. Is Jude Lowe in that? That's a bit cheeky. I'll take that back. Listen, it was a bowl, you see. Well, you used to get me out, but he gets a lot of people out, Janaid. Um, you know, this, you know, we, we took, I heard uh, last week we talking 60 miles an hour and stuff, and I, I did let Janaid know, and he had a little chuckle. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll start listening to these podcasts now as well. So, um, no, but look, I think you know, with us, with our spin heavy attack, we know as well that we can probably, um, and th- this was mitigated again by you know a bit of the rain and stuff and wet ball, but we can tend to get through our overs quite quickly. So mm. we, we probably would have been confident we could have got more than forty five back anyway, um, out you know, despite batting fifty five. Um, yep. But yeah, look, I think the disappointing thing was, and you know, you're up against a quality batting lineup, um, and the bowlers will hold their hands up to it. We. We were, we were really poor in the first 10 overs. Um, it, it's by far the worst we've bowled this season um, to start with. And, you know, the guys, before we knew it, we looked on the board and it was 100 for naught after about, I think, 13 overs or something. Um, and at that point, they're well on course to, to chase down 290, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, we, we I think in the end that we did well to turn it around. There was a bit of a rain break, um, you know, slowed it down a bit. Spinners came on, Finn will... You know, Vimwell Arjun bowled a really, really good spell. Um, at times it felt he was just strangling it from one end and, you know, the runs were still coming freely at the other. Um, mm-hmm. And he got quite close, you know. Um, look, you know, big flurry of wickets. And, um, you know, in the end, they, they, they were six, seven down, still needing about 40-odd off the last 10 overs just to get the winning draw. Um, so it could have gone either way. Um, I think, you know, that a, couple of got, a couple of their guys, lower order, Put on a good part, steady partnership towards the end. Really used their heads well, um, and you know just got them over the line for the four points. But um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, you know, in some respects, to to place you know so much good cricket in the day and such a long hard day um, to come away with two points. But you know, as I think Sal, as you said, it's the beauty of time cricket. Well, it's a different game, isn't it? That's for it sure. It is. It, it... It's different demands on you. I thought it was interesting what you said about the toss there as well, Shops, because I, being the badger that I am, I look back, right, and um, I look, I captained Twickenham second 11 four times at Wembley. I won the toss four times and batted four times. Uh, and that, was in, uh, that wasn't in limited overs cricket, because I'm obviously far too old for, the, for that. That was in win-lose draw cricket. So I think Wembley is one of the grounds on the circuit where one of the few grounds, if I'm brutally honest, where it does get a bit harder to bat as the day goes on. I think Wembley can get just a little bit lower. Now, it may not be the case anymore, but certainly 10, 15 years ago, I always was much happier getting the runs on the board and say, right, folks, 250, best of luck, away you go. And I, from memory, I think we have a pretty decent record at Wembley over, there, over the years there. And, and I, I'd stick with that. Bat first there, get those runs on the board, and then, you know, scoreboard pressure, all the rest of it can, can, can get in the batsman's head. Yeah, I mean, look, certainly uh, take Saturday as an example, the pitch was turning. Um, 
like I say, Bronsby, just, you know, they're, they're some good seamers. Um, you know, Adam Adam Copley's probably you know, the best seamer I've faced in this division. Um, did a lot with the ball um, for really hard length, decent pace, good height. Um, but they did they did get the spinners in quite early and I could see the ball was turning. Um, and I knew it was going to be a bit tough, you know, if the ball's turning and, you know, you, you got a bat on it. But equally, I was like, well, that's great because our spinners can, you know, our spinners can work on this later on in the game. Unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't, like I said before, we didn't get off to the best of starts with the ball. So, you know, we weren't able to impart that, that pressure, um, you know, with, with our spin attack as much as we would have hoped. Um, but no, definitely, we, like I said, I don't think it's any secret that we've, we've had a lot of success batting first, home or away, you know. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. And and moving forward, so you you guys are sixth in the league now, so you know pretty much mid table. And I notice you're 17 points off second, and a possible promotion slot, and 17 points off ninth, and obviously a relegation spot. So so you're smack in the middle now. Obviously, everyone's going to say, right, you look up. You know, you look. You, you really want to try and step forward. And you've you've just been really competitive against the, what looks like the best team in the league. So, what 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 are the ambitions for the rest of the season? Where, where would you, if I offered you fourth place, would you say, yeah, but we'll take that, being realistic? Or do you think, no, there could be more in this for us? What, what what's the the feeling in the camp? Yeah, I don't think we'd take fourth place at the moment. You know, given that we, okay. you know, we're seven games in, we've we've played the majority of the teams. I think we've got Winchmore Hill and Finchley to come. Winchmore Hill. We would have played last year. Um, Finchley obviously just come down, so it'd be interesting to see what you know what they're like. But you know, we've 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 won three and lost three so far, and then the draw against Bronsbury. I, even in the losses, I don't really feel like there's anyone there that you know we couldn't beat half the time. Or you yeah. know, it, it's it doesn't feel like we said apart from Bronsbury, it doesn't feel like there's a you know any other teams that are exceptionally str- stronger than the rest. Um, so yeah, look, we're still pretty early in the season. You know, we're seven out of eighteen games. Yeah. Um, it's it's really tight, like you say. We're we're only, you know, was it seventeen points or fourteen like just points? Yeah, 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 from, yeah. So it's very much so. You know, it's still in our minds that you know if we consistently execute our skills and you know put string a run of games together where we do you know we perform well and get some wins on the trot. Why not? That makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I spoke to, to Chirag, the skipper, um, uh, at the beginning of the season, and he said, you know, say it quietly, but we're, we're definitely looking to, to build on um, a, a pretty solid season last season. And, and he, he didn't say we're going to go up, but he did say that we're interested in that end of the table. And I thought that was a pretty pretty fair way to, to, to say. Now, Chirag's been injured, right? Is he, is he, is he injured long term? or? Yeah, I imagine so. He's, he's got some problems with his ligaments in his knee. Um, I think that ah, you know they're, they're still waiting for some some analysis on it and stuff, but I think yeah, it, it, it's not looking great for him. Um, and that's sort of been. Then he hasn't played a league game yet, so um, yeah, it's um, it's pretty tough to you know one of our best seam bowlers as well. Um, you know, aside from being our captain, so it's um, yeah, it's a tough one for him and and for the side. Yeah, I almost wonder if it's tougher when you, it looks like your side might be stepping up and doing better. You know what I mean? You think, oh my, you know, I want to be involved in this. I can imagine that watching in those sort of situations is um, is going through the mill a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd be itching to get out there, right? But you know, there's, yeah, if your body yeah. restricts you, there's nothing you can. You know, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's you, you can't rush something. You make it worse. It. Yeah. So, um, 
But look, I think definitely, you know, if you look at last season, we, we struggled for for a lot of the, you know, look first half of the season, we, we, were, we were down sort of bottom two, three. But, you know, the turnaround in the second half gave us a lot of encouragement. We ended up fifth. Um, and I think if we took, if we just took the second half of the season, we were probably top two. So just, you know, on yeah. that basis, I think it gave us a bit more confidence going to this year. And I haven't seen anything so far to suggest that we can't, you know, be at the top end of the table come the end of the year. Yeah, and no, I, I can imagine that. I mean, because you, you, it was a very strong performance in the second half of that campaign. And um, as you said earlier, you've still got a lot of cricket left to play here. Um, it, it could potentially be a, a a really interesting second half of the campaign. Um, you guys weren't the only side that drew yesterday. Sal, there were a couple of other draws in the division, right? Harrison, Meredith and Acton was one game I was keeping an eye on. And that was that was a relatively high scoring draw too, right? Yes, it was. Uh, Harrison, Meredith come out on top in that game um, Posted two nine one for five off their fifty. Um, a player, you know, a very good player at that level. Carol Kazmi scored eighty seven, and Tom Pettit is having a good season this year. Bat scored fifty. Um, Lucas Carlisle got Acton to a good start, making seventy four. But um, of the fifty overs that Acton received, back thirty seven was spin, and the duo of Bravi Patel and Kazmi bowled thirty seven of them. So um, Acton ended eight down. Mm-hmm. So um, Harris St Mary's uh, consolidate second second position on the virtue of that five point. Um, result they picked up. Yep, but they're only one point ahead of another side who drew yesterday, and I'm thinking that other side might well have been thinking they were on to get in 12 points, and that's North London, right? Because you, you started off like a, a juggernaut against Winchmore Hill, particularly with the ball, but they held, held on for a draw at the end, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're disappointed you don't win the game, but you have to give credit to opposition for doing what they've done. You know, Rob Sobers, who's played a lot of twos last year and has come to the ones, um, you know, a bowler, by, by sort of like, you know, by definition, I suppose, uh, but scored 51, and Abhay Titnus, who's there overseas, back last from last season, scored 31. That really grinded it out, um, having bowled quite a long stint with the ball. Um, yeah, you know, you have them 23 for seven, and you're thinking, you know, this game should be wrapped up in the next few overs. But you know, they they grinded it out, and credit to the them two guys for getting aside, uh, you know, a draw out of the game. Um, plus points for us, we had a league deputant, a guy called Dan Matthews, who's joined the season from Aston Rowan. He's been playing mainly twos, sort of been in and out availability wise, but Good cricket, a good bat. May 62 and Sam Barden, who's been around a few years longer than Dan in, in the league, scored 55. So, you know, two or three for eight. Um, and with our bowling, you know, Will Jones is he's almost back to full, full fitness. Final. Yesterday you could see he had that sort of fire back in the belly. Took five for 12 in reducing Winchmore Hill to, you know, 23 for seven. But unfortunately, you know, we couldn't get the sort of final couple of wickets to, to get us home. But still, you know, lots of positive to take from that, um, you know, in, 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 that, in that performance. As you say, recovering from 23 for seven to get a draw out of the game, that, that, that deserves a bit of credit, to be fair, because many a side would have just um, fallen away at that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we'll be in that position probably one day and somehow hold yeah. on and get a draw. So it's all it been our cricketing lives. Yeah, yeah it evens yeah. out. Absolutely. Um, one side who was struggling, Enfield, they're, they're, they're nine points drift at the bottom. They got well beaten by Finchley yesterday by nine wickets, didn't they? Yeah, I fear for them. Um, nine nine wicket defeats, as you just said. Um, Dave Burton, the old war horse, um, bowled 18 overs unchanged, took 5 for Oof. 74. It's Finchy bowling for that for 1 2 1. And then and over, they've got two overseas players this year, both of sort of good quality. Uh, one's a back called Caleb James, who played against our twos last week and got a big 100. So he was promoted and he made sure that he's going to stay in the side probably for next week with 65 not out. Um, Enfield, as I said, you know, the, the batting. Is a big concern. You know, we, we talk about Tony Sayers has been there 
sort of main hope. Um, and I think his availability is not going to be great as the season goes on. From what I gather, he's um, he works at Tottenham as a one of the groundsman they have there. Um, so he's mm. obviously going to be needed there as the season sort of kicks into gear. The Premier League season starts, so that could be an area where you know they've lost their you know their best batsman for a few weekends, maybe. Sort of and dare I say it, Sal? But they're, they're going to be playing quite a lot of Saturdays this year, being in the Champions League, right? Whereas yeah, Arsenal might so, be on Sunday. No, so, so we're not going there. We're not talking about Arsenal either, mate. See, this is a cricket <laughs> podcast. I'm not football, mate. Sorry. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know their first game's on a Saturday. So again, that's going to affect his availability, which will be oh, a big blow to Enfield. Yeah, when we played, we yeah, played him a couple of weeks did. ago, and it he he wasn't around, um, and it did feel, you know, for both us, that was a, a big thing psychologically, and I think for them as well, it, psychologically, it, it it they were on a bit of a down. That you know, we haven't got that game changer, you know, in our in our lineup who can win us the game, um, because I think you know. With all due respect, the, the rest of their lineup isn't anywhere near as strong as you know. They haven't got anyone else who who, who can play the sort of innings he can. Um, and I, th- I think they uh, say so they have struggled so far with the runs. Now, I remember. Um, I think I popped up at Wembley last year when you were playing Enfield because um, uh, we did our Grand Challenge yeah. on that day, and it was where we ended up. And and you 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 walloped them. I can't remember the scores, but you'd scored yeah. a lot, and and they were a long way away. So um, yeah, maybe but perhaps they need a bit of luck along the yeah, way. Yeah, they've, they've lost. A, a, <laughs> They've lost Jack Plum as well, haven't they? So yeah, that he scored a lot of runs yeah. for them for a long time. So that that's kind of helped. I think another thing to note is that they're two playing Division Three. So if you're being promoted yeah. into the first team, it's a massive jump, you know, from playing that level into first team cricket. Um, so like we talk about having strength and depth, and you have players in the two who can come and make an impact. That's got to be another area where they sort of think, you know, anyone who comes up, are they going to make some kind of impact in their side? I think I think they only have three sides as a club as well, and I guess most sides in the MCCL have four or five, don't they? So, I mean, I always really enjoy playing at Enfield, but I do think they they're they're perhaps struggling a little bit. But um, we will see how that changes. What one other game? Um, Barnes have drifted into the bottom two as well, haven't they? I'm not sure I necessarily saw that coming. Have, have you played Barnes this season already, Shops, or not? Yeah, we played them first game of the season. Um, they had a reasonable bowling lineup. Um, I say it felt like, that, I mean, from what, what we heard, they were missing a couple of batsmen. Um, I guess it's hard to tell because they've just come up, so we, did, we wouldn't have got a flavour of what they were like last year. Um, they seemed, a, you know, reasonable. Again, I think it's just you know this division at the moment. It's it's quite tight, um, and I think it might be another three, four games before we start seeing a bit more shape to it. You know, it feels like anyone can beat anyone at the moment. You know, so um, be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of looking at the other side of that, Osterley in the last three or four weeks have, have really. Um, pick, picked up quite considerably, and they're now they're, they're, they're just behind you guys. They're seventh in the table, and they chased down um, they chased down two forty one, and Barnes batted fifty five, and they got there pretty easily, Sal, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, neither of that is Osterley. You know, um, week in week out, we talk about them how unpredictable they are. Um, yeah, I mean, fantastic chase to get their inside photo overs. Um, Bilal Muhammad seventy seven, um, and Subair Udin seventy one. I did just check your game against them. Shops and you was on the receiving end as well, weren't that day of some runs being scored? You saw the yeah, um, we were the good Austin. <laughs> well, not for you guys though, to turn up. Yeah, that, that was a pretty bad day at the office for us. We one of our one of our seamers um, tore his pec, um, so we 
we were pretty much down to 10 players for most of their innings. Um, mm. So it, that was a long day, yeah. But they yeah, decide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've said this time and time again, Osterley, we're all on those sides. Goodness knows what sort of team you're going to be playing against. They've got this unpredictability about them and throw in somebody who's played X number of ODIs for the West Indies and, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. So, um, so, so yeah, want to, want to keep an eye on for sure. Um, moving into Division 2, Harrow they just keep going, Sal, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess from last week, we'll be delighted, Arrogant, in terms of how they performed this weekend. So, um, 70 out of 70. Fantastic start. Uh, Jim Carner, easy victory for him yesterday. Bowled him out for 1-5-1 and got him for, you know, lost a one wicket of 24 overs. Um, Sanjay Mishra, who's, who's taken wickets for fun this year, 4 for 33, and then Rana Khan hit 70. So, yeah, I mean, the Harrowtan sort of bandwagon keeps rolling on. Yeah, absolutely. And I should say, um, Shops, that you, you guys drawing with Bronsbury means that Harrowtan are the only side... Uh, only first eleven with uh, um, seven wins out of seven, so um, you know that's pretty impressive. Considering they didn't lose a whole game last season either, um, that they're clearly uh, they're clearly fine. I'm guessing you probably haven't come across them unless you've played them in cup cricket, though, right? We we, we played them in a pre-season friendly, which uh, I mean it was it was a bit of a ridiculous game. We posted three sixty or forty, and they chased it. But you know what? <laughs> but it, wow. yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I guess the you know both. I don't think either team were. At completely full strength. I think we had about two of our first team bowlers playing, um, so it's it's quite hard to gauge by that. But look, I think uh, they they've got they lost some players, but they've gained some players, you know, in the close season. Um, and I think you know they've got some good experienced cricketers in there. You know, I think the two openers, Rano and um, uh, Rifas, they, they they've been around the circuit for a bit and they're good players. Um, so. You're right. You can't fluke your way to, to a 27-game unbeaten run or whatever it is. You know, you, you, you've got to have something about you there. So, um, um, so yeah, I, I, I can totally follow that. And I'm, I'm interested to see how long this goes. I mean, Southgate are now up into second, um, and I'm sure they'll be pretty pleased with that. That they're, they're looking like they're, they're slowly beginning to, to bounce back a bit, um, and that they they're, they're still 18 points behind Harrow Town, but they're you know that they're looking looking a bit strong. They certainly gave Brentham um, a bit of a beat in at the weekend. Brentham only mustered 70, and uh, Southgate knocked it off uh, for no wickets in about 10 overs. So goodness knows what time they finished. They they won't have had any rain delays, that's for sure. Yeah. That would have been a very quick, a very quick game. Jack Upton got six for 24. Um, and Josh Fisher was 63, not, not out off uh, of just 39 balls. So uh, bang, 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 Southgate, job done. Um, how did things go at the bottom end of the table? Sal, did you pick up anything there? We mentioned um, uh, Jim Carney in, in their defeat and also eating trail funds and, and Titans have also lost as well. So it's getting quite sort of tight down at the bottom in terms of uh, relegation areas. But uh, Harrow had a great win against Highgate. I mean, I had, I had a great view yesterday. I had an almost armchair view of that yesterday because I was umpiring. And North London, Ronald Etienne, who you know, who's a very destructive batsman on this day and scores big runs. I mean, he was hitting the ball all over the place yesterday, we ducking and diving in our pitch because Walker kept flying into North London. He smashed 62 of 41. Yeah. Um, you know, what a great player to watch when he gets going. Um, and he, he was, you know, instrumental in a great win for them, winning by six wickets uh, against Highgate. We were all that for 175. Impressive stuff. Impressive stuff. And I'm trying to think of the sides that went down last year's shops. It would have been Brentham and Highgate, right? I mean, I, 
it's sites always churn yeah. through the winter. But would, would you have instinctively said, okay, they, they may well still have the toolkit to bounce right back, or or what, what would you have thought before? I mean, I get a third at the moment, so they're looking okay, and Brentham are mid table, so it's not looking like the trap door is going to be open at the bottom for them to go right through. No, look, I think Highgate have got a really, you know, they've they've got a lot of structure at their club. Um, I, I don't know how many how many gate elevens they get out on a Saturday. Is it six or? Um no look I think that yeah they they set up at their club and you know I, I know Johan quite well and it, it did I didn't think they'd ever struggle and there there would be a side that would look to, you know, regroup, consolidate and you know, come back up. Brentham looked quite you know, last season looked quite weak. Um the couple of times we played them, um and they were they were really struggling. I think they were you know, they would it looked like they were going down quite quite a way off you know before the season end um it feels like a lot of their team's different this year from from what i've seen so maybe a bit of a restructure there i don't know but um yeah, yeah again it's probably uh, you know like we just said harrowtown of seven from seven the rest of it even in that division looks quite quite open and I do think, you know, two or three new players and, and more or less any side that's got relegated can be rejuvenated. Um, you know, average players who are averaging 10 with the back can suddenly average 25 if, if there's two or three other people around them who are scoring lots of runs as well. So uh, I think Brentham play Highgate this weekend as well. So it'd be quite interesting to see how, 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 those, two, um, how those two fare. If we move into Division 3, um, well, Wickham Ames had a funny old game, so didn't they? Yeah, rain affected. Um, only get lose and draw, uh, 190 for 9 or 55, and then um, turned out um, 108 for 8 or 30 in the end against Edingham Williams. Um, yeah, the weather, the weather sort of came and played a part, didn't it, in what happened there? Yeah. And it's worth remembering that Edingham Williams were bottom and Wickham out the top. Um, so 190 for 9 versus 108 for 8 means that uh, Edingham Williams get the, um, you know, get, get the winning draw on there. Also, I mean, there's some, some quite... Interesting sort of stats there. Zane Hussain, Wickham Ice's number 11, scored 35 not out of 78 balls. 78 balls. So he batted a fair old time as they recovered from 56 for 6 um, and um, 131 for 9. So so I think, you know, Wickham Ice did pretty damn well to get up to 190. Um, and Zane Hussain then took 3 for 29, but it wasn't ultimately enough to... Um, you know, to, to get them get them a winning draw or indeed a win. So always odd when bottom plays top and, and then, then bottom looks to get the better of that particular game. Um, Sammy Hyder, he's back. He's back. Sal, he's back, but he didn't do much. No, he's not back of a vengeance, unfortunately. No, no he's not. No. Uh, he, he actually not out of four balls, though. So, you know, he wasn't, no. wasn't dismissed. Um, struggling with the ball at the moment. Maybe, maybe it's wet. Condition didn't suit him. Um, North 31 of 5. So, yeah, um, Sammy is not actually showing the form he's shown in the past few years, but hopefully that will turn, you know, when the weather gets you know, better for him. Yeah. And also the Tigers won, to be fair, they're, they're, and they won impressively uh, against second place Kenton, who are now down to third. Um, so the Tigers 2 3 4 for 9 off 52, and Kenton 194 all out. And again, um, you know, London Tigers were, were 80 for 6 and then ended up on 234. Um, their keeper, Fayed Said, scored 101 not out of 56 balls, batting at eight, um, which sounds like a pretty brutal um, resurrection of the innings there. So, um, so, so every every respect to him. Um, do you still have any links with the Kenton boys uh, shops? I'm sure yeah, you do. Yeah, of course. Look, I was there for a long time. I've got a lot of friends there. Stay in touch with 
you know a lot of the a lot of the boys there um incidentally you can you can actually see that that, that the game was live streamed by the way so you can see sammy's four four ball zero not out and his um five overs or whatever it was as well and uh, yeah that they I think if you if you type in Kent Kenton Cricket Club onto onto YouTube you'll you'll find it. Um but yeah, I think you know, guys were naturally disappointed with, with that result yesterday. Um by all accounts that they had they had the Tigers, you know, down and out at I don't know what it was, seventy odd for six or something and the guys come in at eight and, yeah. you know, hit a fifty ball hundred. Um won't happen every week. You know, it won't happen for him every week. So it's um it's a bit bit of a one off really. So um yeah, disappointing I guess for them. Um Yeah, these things happen. I'm sure that they'll be pretty confident moving forward though. I see they play Ealingham Wellians who are still bottom, even though they've got a winning draw against Wickham House. So decent opportunity to get back on the horse, I'd have thought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, like I say they they I think, you know, Kenton beat beat Wickham House a couple of weeks ago and that you know, the top of that table's still quite tight. I don't think Wickham House are very you know, they're not they're not very far ahead and actually Tower Hamlet's a second which is a, a bit of a surprise um, for most people I'd imagine um, so yeah I think everything even in that you know Div 3 everything to play for um, oh absolutely I was going to say about Tower Hamlet's they weren't really on too many people's radars but convincing win against SKLP 220 versus 125 uh, Mabubal um, Alam 94 for Tower Hamlet's and Junaid Ahmed 5 for 23 looks like they're they're putting in a pretty solid campaign. We'll, we'll have to have to keep it's, an eye on that as they. Um, it's a turn up, really, because you know, like I said, played against them a few times over the last few years, and um, they were always very reliant on um, their skipper Shaquille Ahmed, who's a good player, you know, yeah, good player good at that level. Um, and it always felt like if if he got some runs, they'd, they'd at least be competitive. Otherwise, you'd, you'd just turn them over. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's interesting to see that they're, they're sort of pushing up a bit higher than you usually expect them to be. Yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure. Moving into Division 4, K+, 11 points clear. Now, they beat Pinna Challengers um, pretty convincingly. Pinna batted first, 181, um, and K+, chased that down, 182 for 4. I had a look, it was very interesting to look at Lanka Lions after last week's um, escapades where... Um, Sally has some man scored 201. Uh, he didn't score 201 this week, Sal, did he? Scored <laughs> four in the boycott esque yesterday. Um, <laughs> four in 33 balls. I'm not sure what happened there. Did make me chuckle. He's played over 100 first class games in Sri Lanka, but he can't get past Friends United. You know, they're way. <laughs> way... <laughs> and sorry, that sounds very dismissive to Friends United, but I'm sure they're not at the same level as Sri Lankan first class cricket. Um, no, they, must they, have been they, a tough they... deck to bat on. Well, <laughs> You'd think so, wouldn't you? But, um, but, but Lanka Lions got 130 and Friends United knocked it off for the loss of just two wickets. So um, they stay second, looking pretty um, pr- pretty impressive. In the bottom half, only one side managed to win there um, at the sides in the bottom half. Kensington Chelsea would be pretty pleased. Uh, they beat North London Muslims 2-4-1 for nine versus 190 with um, another Centurion batting at eight. Perhaps that's the position. Perhaps what that's what I was doing wrong all these years, messing about opening the bat. You want to score runs, bat at eight. Because Abdul... Abdul Nala scored 100, uh, batting at 8 for them, and they were 47 for 6 at one point before ending up at 2-4-1 for 9. So another monumental recovery. Um, well played to them. Moving into Division 5, Sal, what did you see there? So Division 5, it's uh, London Sportif, 7 points clear. 
Um, mm-hmm. David Peshwa convincing win, probably one of the best ones of the day. Uh, by 10 wickets, um, bowled up for 98 and got there, as I said, lost no wickets. Um, Willow Lever, you're one of your favourite teams down in, oh, in yes. the league. Um, back into second, uh, a close game against United Sports. Um, chased down 1-2-2 two, two for the loss of seven wickets. Yep. And I noticed at the bottom as well, um, Ealing Three Bridges managed to get their first, how do you put this, non-defeat of the season. It was a losing draw, but when you've played six, lost six, you know, perhaps you'll take that. And it was against Swami Bupper, who were um, second going into the game. 2-7-6 for nine versus one nine four for seven. That was one of those games I did think 2-7-6 against a side that's played six, lost six, and you go 50 overs. Now, maybe, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm wrong, but I just thought you, you know, you shouldn't be worried about a side getting 277. And if they do, respect you, particularly if they played six, lost six. So I, I wonder if they might give themselves a bit more time. Particularly with a bit of weather they're... around as well, you know. Absolutely. And by the time they made that declaration, it was probably pretty clear that there could be weather on the way, right? So um, yeah, maybe they they missed a trick with um, with. That one. One thing I did notice, they certainly weren't beyond giving everybody a go in terms of trying to get that, that, that those last few wickets. They used 10 bowlers. Um, I assume it was the wicketkeeper who didn't bowl, but that, that's just an assumption because we can all remember cases where wicketkeepers have bowled. But yeah, 10 bowlers. I don't think any sides used 10 bowlers this season so far. Um, so Swami Rapper did um, chuck the ball around to try and do all they could to win um, by the end. Um, Division six. Now, Bahani Vitamin United caught my eye, so that was that was a slightly odd one. Did you did you pick up on that? Yeah, I can see why, Dan. Um <laughs> Bahani amassed three hundred and three for nine. Um and Tamil United in response scored sixty eight. So quite a comprehensive victory in two hundred fifty five for two hundred and thirty five run win for Bahani. Um yeah. you can mention a wide count, Dan. Well I you know, the issues that I have with wide, Sal, I've got to go and get counselling for this. Yeah. It is worth remembering Division 6 is still limited overs cricket, okay. right? Yeah. So you're still seeing wides as being, you know, people are stricter on them than they would be in time cricket. But 51 of them, I mean, you know, that's... Tamil United only managed, just about managed to score more than 51 themselves. But they gave Bahani 51 in wides. Um, and also, um, it was Bahani's score is the top score in the league this uh, uh, yesterday for first teams and Tamil United is the bottom. So, um, yeah, 235 run, pretty clear who came off uh, best there. But they're not top, Bahani. Um, are, are they sound who's top of the top of the pile in Div 6? Harry Millennium, uh, top. They beat Kingsbury, mm. Kingsbury Construction by four wickets. Uh, 147 played 149 for four. Yep. And uh, the team that was second before last week, Youth Wing, they got, they got, um, they got pulverised, to be honest. 78 versus 81 for one against um, London Super Kings. So the Super Kings go up to second and Youth Wing have dropped to fourth. It's all pretty, um, pretty close. Um, moving on, we've now, well, we had seven teams that had won all of their games um, this season. And that's now down to three, Sal, isn't it? Who are, who are our remaining last folks standing? Just before we get to that, so I want to actually mention in Div 6, um, CRS Cardinals won their first game of the season. Against Regents ah, Park. Oh, I missed it. Um, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did, didn't they? So, yeah. first, first win of the season, and what a great win it was. Um, Chase down Regents Park's total of 166. And it was down to a 16 year old kid called Manib Safi, who scored 100 out of the 167 for eight they, they, um, they posted. So, and the next high score after that was 12 not out. So, Sierra's Cardinals were delighted, and it was mainly down to a 16 year old who scored a fantastic 100. So, um, I'm sure there was a few celebrations taking place in their clubhouse <laughs> or. 
where they like to sort of celebrate afterwards. So why don't Sierra well, was, he, was he batting at eight? No, he came Probably in middle Um he, no, he quite, you know, no, 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 okay, Joe, no, he wasn't back, no, no. I think next week he'll drop down to eight, so he might get 200 that week. Yeah, 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 he'll, he'll double it up, won't he? Oh, that, that's great, no, I, I missed that one, yeah, always good to see sides get off the mark, and, you know, if you're making all the effort to play a game of cricket, all these hours we put into it, and you're getting beat every week, it's always a bit chasing, isn't it? So, uh, so good. Really happy then. yeah, they did. Just quickly yeah. on, on the wide count, I mean, I don't know, more, more of a serious note, if the league are looking into, you know, as, as the season develops and we have you know, games in August and, you know, when the light's going to obviously be going quicker than it is now, you know, if it continues into the wide count, we are going to have late finishes. And bearing in mind some of these games are played on park pitches about side screens, um, I don't know if that's going to be something that could concern sort of certain teams and, you know, players having to bat, bat good light, receiving, you know, facing delivery where there's no side screens either, could be quite dangerous. I don't know. I'm not sure if the league or the league actually thought about maybe thinking about earlier starts that division as the season develops. I don't know. Something I'm sure they should maybe look into. Well, I had a question for you guys, actually, related to this. And, I mean, obviously, limited overs cricket is relatively new in the MCCL, but we'd all played limited overs cricket before it came in in the league. But back then, was it the case that anything that missed leg stump was a wide? I don't really remember that being the case. Admittedly, it wasn't... You couldn't bolt as wide on the leg side as you did on the offside, but now anything that misses leg is a wide. And I wonder if we've just gone too far with all of that. Maybe we haven't. Maybe we're just following the way it is in, in uh, up in uh, in the first class game. But um, shops, any any thoughts on this? Are we, are we too strict on wides these days? Uh, I think you've either yeah. I think you've just no. As a batsman, I say if you start <laughs> the leg size wide because <laughs> like I say, you, you you get used to that in the first few games, and then someone you know someone sprays it down the leg side, and you, you're trying to flick it away, and you miss it, and then you kind of look at the umpire for a split it, second, and you're yeah. like. Oh yeah, they they get away with that in this cricket, but I think you you've either just got to if 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 you're going to go with leg side wise, it's got to be anything down there. Otherwise, it just becomes too subjective. I think you know outside the off stump, you've got the line there to you know to give us a guide, but I think leg side, it's just got to be you know otherwise it can become a tactic on it. Yep, yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Sal, you're in sort of the same position, and at least you know where you stand, don't you? There's no no messing yeah, about. Exactly. There's no, there's no grey area, is there? You, you know, straight away you know what to do as an umpire and what in the batsman and or the batters and the the, the bowlers know the situation. So, but like I said this, the situation div six is not getting, you know, and again it's there's plenty of reasons why this could be happening. But there's, you know, an average of at least fifty per game in terms of wides in that in that in that division, um, and you know, as you said, in terms of season well, goes a on, games where we've had hundred wides in the game. You know, I mean, you know, that, 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 a lot. And if you're talking uh, yeah. late August, you know, maybe first week of September when the league finishes, you're looking at some late finishes there, you know. That's what, an extra 15, 16 overs, isn't it? You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hour. It's basically an hour's worth of yeah. 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 Good stuff. Well, not so good stuff. Um, moving on. So, yeah, I mentioned before we were down from seven teams who had um, not just unbeaten records, but all winning records. And that's gone down from seven to three. Harry Tain are the only first 11 um, still standing in that regard. They played uh, 7-1-7. And um, obviously, as I said before, Bronsbury were there, but they're no, long, no longer the case because of Shops and Wembley, who, who um, drew with them at the weekend. Ealing thirds, they are still very much 
um, seven from seven. They chased 238 against Osterley third, so they're still going. And a third of the teams um, in the whole league that have played seven one seven, Brentham thirds in Division Four B of the third tier. They uh, beat Old Isleworthians uh, pretty impressively, actually two three three for four against eighty four. So we have three teams that are marching on. We'll keep an eye to see that the, the last of all of those is over the next week or. Two, I should add as well that two of the teams that were unbeaten uh, last week or were, were played 6-1-6 were London Tigers seconds and K-plus seconds. Well, they played each other, so we knew that both of them wouldn't be going forward. And, of course, they drew, so, um, so they, they took each other's 100% records um, uh, away there. In terms of top and low scores, Sal, well, we mentioned Bahani, Bahani and Tamil United. Um, what else do we need to know there? Did anybody outside of Bahani beat them in terms of the whole league? Yeah, so Highgate, of the million levels they put out there, fourth level this week, were the ones who took the accolade for on a high score, scoring 3-3-4 three, three, for three in 45 overs against Headstone Manor, who um, sort of just dug in, as we said, like digger of the day, um, and scored a 150 for two or 41. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the decent, uh, you know, decent-ish declaration, I think. You know, they, they could bat... Um, uh, you know, 92 overs. Oh, no, it's a 92 over game. I do wonder when you're getting up to that stage. Do you really need 334? But um, Headstone Manor, there's something about that, isn't it? 150 for two of 41. They were having none of it. You know, clearly, I, I think they decided pretty early on, we ain't going to get that. We'll, we'll settle for the point. You lot could just fetch the ball when we forward defence it back back to you at cover. Um, so, and, and there's something in it. I think if you can't get it, well, you can't get it, can you, I suppose? So, um Fair play to them for that. I did notice as well with this one, this was where I was. I sort of alluded to it before, one of the Highgate players, um, Nikit um, uh, Anilbai, he scored 104 not out. Um, and I, I can't help but wonder whether they delayed the declaration so he could get his century. In every respect to someone getting a century, um, but, you know, have you cost your side the game? It's a plausible case that if they were, if they had 300 on the board or 310 headstone, Manor might have gone for it and they might have, they might have ended up with 12 points rather than uh, rather than five. So I thought that was one case where the declaration didn't sound like it made complete sense to me as an outsider um, looking in. In terms of lower scores, we had a lower score than um, the Tamil United one, Sal, didn't we, elsewhere? Yeah, unfortunately, Tamil United, well, for them, there was a surpassed by somebody else. Um, yep. Just bear me a second. Dan. Yeah, um, low score was 54 out, eating Hamlet in for 11 against Actonians. I mean, they did fight back really well. Had six weeks down in Tony's response, but unfortunately, you know, in that, in that situation, maybe 34, 30, 40 runs extra could have, you know, won in the game, but still, Tony just came home for those six wickets in Div yep. 6B. Yeah, 26 over game. 11.3 overs by Ealingham Wellians and, and Actonians, uh, 15.5. So one of the quicker games I think we'll have this season, 26 overs for the entire game, um, which, uh, yeah, is, is pretty sharp. In terms of the digging of the day, yeah, I think um, Headstone Manor 3 is getting honourable mention there for 150 for 2. Willow Leather 2s in Division 5 of the second stream, also 85 for 9 off 38. Um, I thought that was a, a reasonably big dig in. And, of course, for nine, so, so they, you know, they nearly didn't make it, but they did in the end. Chasing Lanka Lions is 256 for nine. So, honourable mention to them for digging in pretty impressively. Away from league cricket on Saturday, AOB, Sal, there's been a bit of cup cricket and it's not all been great news, right? Yeah, in the national, we have no sides left in the competition, unfortunately. Defeats today from North Middlesex against Brentwood um, and Richmond knocked out. Uh, by Aston Rowant 
Um, so yeah, fortunately we have no more sides left in the last 16 of the competition. Um, in the Conference Cup, we had two sides from the league playing against each other, and then Finchley beat Harrow Town in seems like quite a uh, high-scoring game from what I gather. Um, Harrow Town uh, were trying to chase down Finchley's 2-2-5, but ended 15 runs short. Um, Tom Powell, Finchley captain, scored a very good 100 from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the league Cup... So in... Yeah, they exactly, yeah. I, I, I message okay. everything to say, well, you know, so you can focus, on, focus on the league now. So, you know, no more distractions. Um, and in the League Cup, so we had one tie left in terms of determining the quarterfinals in, in what it's called the Middlesex Cup, which is for the senior sides or the Prem and Div 1 sides in, in the league itself. Um, and we now know that um, Stanmore will be playing Finch in the quarterfinals. Stanmore played Brunswick today in a high-scoring game and they came home by four wickets and... Guess who got some runs again today? Not yet. Stephen Ryan Gold scored another 50. So, chase down, bronze 260, and, and runs from Ryan Gold again. Puts him into the quarterfinals where they will play home to Finchley. Interesting. There's something about Stanmore and having prodigious run scorers, isn't yeah. it? Because we, we all thought that when they lost, um, what's his name, the opener from last Norris. year, Norris. Norris. Um, there might be a big, a mighty big gap, but um, Ryan Gold's just rolled in and filled it admirably, isn't he? I mean, he's a very good player. He, you know, he played for Wimbledon last season. That, that experience of playing that level has massively helped him, I imagine. You know, um, and interesting actually as well. This is quite sort of sort of eerie in a way, really. Well, um, Travis Norris also scored 126 not out yesterday for his club side. So him and Ryan go both got identical scores in their games on Saturday. Isn't that a bit weird? I love the way you kind of looked that up. So I saw that uh, posted really, as well. I'm on, loving on, on Stanwall. Yeah. yeah. Stan actually, actually posted that on, on Facebook today. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me, where's Norris playing his league cricket? I know it's up in the north, but where, where is it? Durham, he's playing a club called Felling. Um, Felling, okay. With, yeah, Felling right. Cricket with Joe Cracknell as well when he's um, available for him as well. So, not a bad opening pair. Yeah, that'd scare a few folks if they know their backgrounds, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I was going to ask one last question, Shops, actually. I was meant to ask earlier. Obviously, you, you, you play a lot of cricket for Wembley. Are you playing over and beyond that? Do you play for any more rep sides? Because we, we, we met sort of 15, 20 years ago playing for the 1987 League rep side um, back in the day. Are you still doing a little bit of that or is it all very much Saturdays now? Yeah, just Saturdays. I think of, um, it says, get a bit older. Um, oh, play, a hard, play, play a hard game on a Saturday and I think I'm, I'm, I'm done, you know, trying for practising in the week and that's about it at the moment. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, next on Thursday get difficult, don't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five days after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Super. Folks, thanks for coming on board. As ever, lots of interesting stuff to discuss. We will move on to week eight, see what that brings us. Shops, I have to get you back on board so we can we can reassess where Wembley have uh, have gone in the meantime. But best of luck for the rest of the season. No, um, thanks, Dan. And, uh, yeah, thanks. It's been a real, real, real privilege to be on here. And um, no, thanks, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, love to come back again. Cool. We will touch base soon. Um, Sally, are you, are, you, um, are you standing next weekend? Do you, do you have your itinerary set yet? Yeah, I've got one more game for North London 2, which we're and I've got some panel games after that. Um, and I think I might be actually umpiring the legendary Sammy Hyder. So we'll get a close hand, wow. first hand look at him. So, yeah. Uh, make sure you don't get his autograph as he's actually running into bowl. No. That, that wouldn't be appropriate. I'll do that after the game. That's new... <laughs> good, good. Folks, always a pleasure. We'll speak soon. Thanks yeah, very much. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.